all of us engaging in the work. Come up to the mic if you, if you feel like you're, um, you're not going to be audible enough, because some of us have shy, are very shy, right? So I want us, I'd like for us to begin. I believe, um, I believe some more people are coming, but I think they're going to trickle in because the biggest crowd is usually the bus crowd, correct? Um, yeah, so today we are talking about, and I'm sure you've seen the, the uh, we're looking, you've looked at the questions. Um, today we're going to be talking about the importance of taking advice, right? Um, it's a topic that is dealt with um, in the book of Proverbs. We're going to be talking about um, um, the importance of taking, ad, uh, of taking advice. But I wanted us to recap a little bit so that we don't forget the purpose of why we are here, right? So in the past two weeks, and I, hopefully I won't be long, but in the past two weeks, um, we went through the book of Proverbs, an in in introductory um, uh, way into the book of Proverbs, right? Um, and we said that the book of Proverbs was for us as young people to know instruction, to know wisdom and instruction, words of insight, right? As Proverbs chapter one, uh, chapter 1, verse 1. To get instruction in wise dealings. Do you believe that you guys will need to be wise in your dealings as you get older? Particularly as you deal with established institutions, right? So UJ or VITS or, or whatever school you are in right now is not the only institution you have to, um, to engage with. You'll have to be wise in your dealings with companies with, when, you, when you start to move further and further into your life, into your careers, right? Relationships, do you, need, do you think you need wisdom in dealing with relationships? It is rough out there. Um, but yeah, but also instructions in righteousness, right? Because if you are a Christian, you understand that righteousness is foreign to us because it's the righteousness of God, which we previously did not know, right? So it's foreign to us, so righteousness, justice and equity, but also to give prudence. Can anyone tell me what the definition of prudence is? What is prudence? Maybe I'm saying it too formal. What is prudence? <laughs> Please stand up for the crowds and then just, for, just to be audible, yeah. Uh, okay. Alright, so it's a measured way of of, of making decisions, right? Um, if I'm hearing Upulungelo correctly, right? Um, the dictionary definition would be the ability to govern or discipline oneself by way of reason. It's exactly what you're saying, right? But basically just moving cautiously as you navigate life, right? That's prudence. And then um, one of the things that is key in our understanding of, why, of Proverbs and why we do it as well is to acquire knowledge but also discretion. Does anyone know what discretion is? I'll take any answer. Any answer at all. Discretion. And this is important, né? because if you look at Proverbs um, 4, uh, chapter 1, verse 4, it says, and discretion to the youth. I believe you guys are youth, né? So what is discretion? Youth. What would, you, what, would you, what would you say a loose definition of, of discretion is? You want me to start calling out names now? Just... Uh, Benji. Okay. All right, all right. What do you guys think? Discretion? 
the reason why I'm going through definitions a little bit is because I want us to have a common understanding of these things so that we're not talking about discretion in Gandhi, it's something that's not, we've defined it wrong to begin with. So I think to put it simply, a discretion a, by the dictionary definition is the quality of behaving or speaking in such a way as to avoid offense, right? Or revealing confidential information. Basically, you are discreet, right? You don't reveal too much too soon. Do you understand? If you are in an interview for a job, you don't reveal everything and just gush out and just talk and just because you want to be honest. You have to be tactful because there's usually a question and then you need to respond to the question. And what usually happens when you're nervous as well is that you start to ramble, right? Hopefully I'm not doing that right now, but you can, st you, you can start to ramble, right? And um, discretion is not revealing too much too quickly, right? It's like when you're trying to get to know someone, you don't just put your full personality on blast because you might be dealing with an introvert. What are you going to do when you overwhelm them? Now you've lost a potential friend. Now you're friendless. <laughs> Easy. So I think those are just some of the things that are key in understanding, in moving forward, and in the topic of taking advice um, and, and dealing with proverbs as well. So uh, I'd like for us, as, as I said in the beginning, I'd, I'd like for you guys to be the ones to do the work. So we're going to divide this, we're going to do the normal, divide it, uh, ourselves into groups. And then we're just going to go through this, the, uh, these questions. I'm just going to hover around and be just present in them. Eh? Um, if you need clarity on the question, uh, but I'm, I'm sure we can, uh, we can work through that. All right, guys, let's bring it in. Let's bring it in. I see we are having a lot of fun. Uh, and I'm glad that the conversation seems to be engaging. Um, but I'd want us to... I'd want us to start preparing ourselves uh, to respond to these questions. You, you are given specific questions as a group, right? I hope all of you can hear me. But you're given specific uh, questions as a group. If you feel like you can chime in, have a comment, query, or question, um, in the other, in, uh, as the discussion goes on and uh, in the other questions, feel free to stand up and ask your question. All right. And then we'll work through it together and hopefully come to a conclusion. All right. So, Group A, who is your spokesperson? All right. Please step up to the mic. And tell us what you so the first um, question was for group A. In fact, the scripture reference is Proverbs 12:15, which reads as follows: The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Mm. Okay. What causes a fool to see his way as right? That's the first question. What do you guys say? Uh, so we have a few different things. The first thing is pride that uh, often we are, uh, people who are foolish are not willing to listen to others, um, like their advice and input. Uh, other reasons can be that you trust your own experience. If something has worked for you before, it's hard to accept that others may have a better way. This caution and fear of doing um, something a different way um, will basically um, show that, uh, like, if you're unsure of something and you, you don't want, like, you 
this, but like I think it's it's being fearful of a situation and the fact that it might be difficult to do something. So you you don't want to ask for advice and you just kind of duck under and, and follow what um, kind of you you were going to do. Then uh, they can be wise in their own eyes and trust in their own understanding of things, which is going back to some of the, the earlier Proverbs um, chapters that we were um, reading. Then um, laziness is a big one as well. Um, that we're, we're, thanks. Um, we're, uh, le- t- people can be too lazy to test their own thoughts and beliefs against biblical truth and wisdom, um, and that we sometimes take the default instead. Um, and then sometimes the people have not seen or paid attention to anything better than what they already know, so it's easier to follow in that path. And then people can um, sort of not like correction or admitting that they are wrong before God or people. And then if a fool is someone who walks in sin, we don't like to give it up and uh, basically you're easily deceived by it. So you walk in darkness and it's easy to follow in that rather than turning and asking for advice. That's interesting. Is it only fools who sometimes see their way as right? Um, do we sometimes do that as Christians and we think, ah, let me just quickly solve this thing, man, right? <laughs> just, just get it over with, you know, I don't even need to consult with the Lord, whether it's heavy or not, right? Mm-hmm. But what do you think is the outcome then of such things when you see things as right and you are refusing counsel? What is the outcome, do you think? In fact, I'll open it to the floor. What do you guys think is the outcome of somebody who always thinks that they are right? Go ahead, and then. So he's indicating that please stand up and project. Yeah. The, all right. The quality of your decisions is compromised, so it's not robust. It's not well thought out. It's not well rounded, right? And so you suffer for it, basically, right? You can suffer for it, basically, right? Have we seen this? kind of effect in entire society sometimes, where the entire society seems trapped in a certain thing, right? Why? Because they see whatever they, it is that they are doing it, it as right in their own eyes, and they will not take counsel at all. Um, yes, for the suburb you were going to say. Yeah? breeds chaos. So when we see chaos running rampant, we know that at some level, people refuse to take, um, to, uh, to take advice, right? And they are acting like fools, right? Because the fool sees his, um, uh, sees his way as right in his own eyes, right? Question number two. 
Um, also, I wanted to ask with regards to that before we get to question number two. What should be our goal then with regards to this particular thing, seeing things as right in our own eyes? What should be our goal? Because I think we all fall uh, short and we, we do fall into this, right? So what, should, what do you think should be our goal then in light of this weakness? Group A, what do you think? <laughs> hmm? Since you guys are a council of councillors, so what do you guys think um, should be our goal in light of the fact that we sometimes see things as right in our own mind, in our own eyes? I think it's just to, to check your thinking sometimes. Just stop and take stock and go like, is this thing that I think is right, is it actually right? Mm. And to check that, you can talk to wise people, you can talk to people who you know are walking with God, and you can read the Bible. And you can say, is, is this lining up? Does it feel right? Does it, is what I'm thinking, if my instinct is to, to lie in the circumstance? What does the Bible say? The Bible says lying is wrong. Okay, maybe my choice is wrong here. And I mean, that's a simple example, but in other ways, it, there's so many things in the Bible where it's like, this is the way. This is practical advice. This can help you make decisions. And if we refer back to the Bible, it can help us to say, okay, am I right in this? Ooh, no, I'm not. Okay, let me choose another way. Mm, so you just made a statement. The Bible sometimes says, this is the way, right? Is it always wrong to have a way? That was a segue. <laughs> That's a pun too. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, we've got two answers to this. We have yes, but there's a, a little but here. It's, it is wrong if it is basically that you are basing your thing um, on something that is not God and you're unwilling to change when you are shown what is better. Then it is wrong to have a way. Then we said no, in, um, that it's not wrong to have a way in some other circumstances. So basically it depends on what your way is and what it is based on. If um, it is your habit to fear God and love correction, that is a good way. Um, a righteous way leads to life is a thing. Uh, I can't remember where that was from, but it was a... Anybody? <laughs> Does anyone want to supplement that statement? Um, the, the, a righteous way leads to life. Does anyone remember where that was from? So, yeah, that was in Proverbs 12. Mm. Yeah, um, Proverbs 12, 28. Then... Also, Jesus says that um, I am the way, and therefore, if you follow him, then that is a good, that is a good way. Then um, we do need to be able to change our way when someone shows us a better way in Christ. Um, and then Proverbs 4, verse 18 to 19, it basically compares the results of two ways. Righteousness brings bright daylight, and wickedness brings deepest darkness. So to sum all of that up, in a sense, it is impossible not to have a way. At the end of the day, you will act and live based on what you believe. What is important is what um, way you choose to base your life on. It's a very good answer. Does anyone want to add to that? Okay. Um, I, I agree with that, right? Um, but remember as well, if you notice that before Christianity was called Christianity, it was called the way, right? Remember when Saul was going to Damascus? Ne? 
Why was he going there? So that he could get permission from the synagogue to do what? To imprison the people of the way. Right? I'm sure Pastor Lelo is going um, to, well, in light of this now, I should bring it up. Right? But, but, but consider that you, Jesus said, I am the way. Right? Remember what he said in, a, uh, in another scripture where he said, the gate is, is, is straight, but the way is narrow. Right? That leads to life. And how many find it? Very few people find it, right? Okay, few people find it, let me not add words. <laughs> right? Few people find it. So it's, and then Solomon would even add to say, there are very few people who are wise even. Right? There are very few people who are wise. And we know that wisdom begins by the... Right? Right? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's how you acquire knowledge. Um, one of the key scriptures, I think, um, is when it talks about uh, Colossians, when it talks about Jesus Christ being the person or being who carries all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All of them are in him. How grand does that make him, right? Question number three. It reads as follows. Why is it wise to listen to advice? Um, Please support your answer by giving at least five reasons. Um, so, basically, it's um, wise to listen to advice because it is impossible to know and understand everything. Um, like any one person can't understand everything in the world. So, it's important to learn from those who have studied and experienced and in reflected on things before us that they will have wisdom in circumstances that they may have lived through that we have not. Then, number two, that we are not naturally wise. Um, we were talking about the, the thing that they told us before about the, the child being, um, having, what was it? Foolishness, Foolishness is found in the heart of a yes, child. that one. <laughs> and that we need to be willing to learn. Um, and that by asking for advice, it helps you to learn to be wise. And then, those are, number three, those outside of the situation may see it more clearly than you, and they might be more objective and offer a different insight into a particular situation. Then number four, those who are godly and care about us are usually trying to um, help bring about what is best for us. And as I was saying, that they, if they're walking with God, they will have the wisdom and they will, they will know stuff. But on that point, also when giving advice to people, it is normally wise to pray because sometimes you don't know the circumstance and you might say something that actually isn't helpful. So that's just a little point there. Then number five. Um, okay, I don't know what the first word is. but um, Basically that uh, a good word of advice can put us at ease it can calm our, anxi our anxiety and set us confidently in a good direction to be able to make a good decision um, in the thing that you are, are trying to make um, a choice in. And then number six was listening to wisdom okay. itself mm. is wise. It is at least five. At least five. Okay. So it, it, it right. allows for more. Right. Not to get technical or anything, yeah. <laughs> um, so um, listening to wisdom is wise and it makes us wise for life. The wise person knows that um, he or she still needs more wisdom and gladly listens to wise advice. And the point being, 
you don't need to know everything to be wise. You don't need to be the person who knows like the most about something. You don't have to be an expert to be wise. Wisdom is the pursuit of learning more and um, seeking God and, and reading his word. It's not the, uh, a static state of, I am wise now, and like, In other words, you can be stuck in your ways, right? <laughs> Which means that you are resistant to advice or resistant to change, right? Um, and that's, this is what we usually say of old people. And why is that? Because they usually build up habits over the years, right? Because when you talk about foolishness and the way and all of that, the way assumes consistency in how you live, right? In other words, even if you say something that, that, that you are a certain way, this is why we don't like hypocrites, right? Until we see hypocrisy in, in ourselves, right? Then we're more sympathetic. But um, <laughs> the way is how you live your life. Consistent. If you're consistently eating fats, that's usually what, 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 what is the common uh, killer today? Heart disease, right? So if you're consistent in that, then it will... Um, um, that is your way of life, actually. This is why when Jesus said, these people worship me with their lips, but what do they do? They are far from me with their hearts. Proven by what? By their actions, right? Because what does God desire of us? Obedience. To walk in his? Okay. So, yeah. So, thank you for that. Thank you very much for that. I think we will unpack this more and more as the other groups come through. And if you have another thought, Group A, please feel free to still stand up. Um, yeah, I, I did have one more thought of the, that thing of um, when you are asking for advice, it is a good idea to look at the, the fruit. How is that person living? Is, if the person is consistently making poor decisions and they're giving you advice, that might not be a good place to get advice from. It's an interesting one. I'm thinking, now you have a parent, a mother, a single mother, right? And they are single for a reason, right? Right? They're single for a reason, and then they tell you, do not ever, 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 um, sleep with someone before you get married. They are a single mother decisions, right? There's three of you or four of you in the house. She's never, she's never been married, right? So you came to the world somehow. <laughs> Should you still take advice from that person? Okay, it, it does depend on whether it lines up with um, what the Bible says or not. So it is also, okay, I, I, I do get your uh, point, but it's like, uh, I think in, in a particular area in someone's life, if they are consistently making errors. It's not, I don't think, I think I might have pulled it slightly too far away. So it's not, oh, this person is human and makes mistakes and makes poor choices. It is like, if the, the outcome of what they're talking about specifically in that area, if they are not necessarily living according to the Bible, it, it might be wise to check the, the thing. Don't automatically just adopt it. Is this lining up with God? Is it lining up with what the Bible says? Okay. Um, okay. rather than just automatically taking on some advice that somebody's giving you that, that might lead you down a path that isn't good. 
Yeah, so basically, if I may summarize what you are saying, you are saying a level of discernment is needed, right? I think Brother Claypool had his, his I'm thinking will come to you. Yes, Brother Claypool. I'll use the mic since I'm the one, you know, promoting well. this thing. So, <laughs> uh, so I think I just wanted to clarify on her point, right? So she's not necessarily saying that shouldn't take advice from somebody say, who has um, had a life. Okay, like the example you, 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 you gave. Someone's made mistakes and they tell you, hey, look, don't walk this path. Um, it's okay to take advice, but uh, to take that advice, um, because especially because it's full of wisdom. Uh, but um, primarily, the point from where we come from is do not actively, proactively get up and go and seek advice from somebody who has not, who, who, who doesn't, does not necessarily, uh, or who has not lived in a, in a way that is exemplary uh, to you. So you get up and you go and seek that advice. If someone calls you or just tells you, hey, look, don't do this. Mm -hmm. You can't dismiss that. Okay, so okay. Point taken. Point taken. Sissy? Is this what you were going to say? Okay, group B is bringing the fire, um, but yeah, okay, so let us inquire from you. Ne? Um, so group B, spokesperson, please. <laughs> Since she was creating a way for herself. Group B, um, from Proverbs 15, uh, verse 22. Without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. Why is counsel necessary? Um, so we took our answer directly from the text so that our plans may succeed and not fail. Um, and then we just expanded on why they would fail if we don't seek counsel, and that is because um, we have limited perspective, we have limited wisdom and knowledge, um, we may deal with ignorance, um, and then, yeah, we just need to be aware that, you know, you can't realistically be a jack of all trades mm. in life, so you do need um, counsel from other people mm. um, so that they can help you in, um, you know, dealing with your plans, um, yeah, so that's how we went about with that one. That's a good one. But you, one of the best definitions, or uh, let's just call it a definition. I use that term loosely. But one of the best definitions for a university is uni and versity. Uni meaning singular, right? And versity from diversity. So the, the many are supposed to function as one, basically, right? And what you notice there is that what they're trying to do at university is that they're trying to hone your skill in, in one particular thing, right? And how do they usually do it? Through what is called tunnel vision, right? Some of you are in university or school, what they usually try to do in any course, they try to tunnel vision you so that you can, you go in not being ignorant of this thing or to some degree, and then they tunnel vision, they train you in that thing so that when you go out into the world, you may see the world through, the, through that lens. But you realize that a lens is limited only meant to see a particular thing. And so the architect needs 
the engineer, the structural engineer, because you want a house that stands, right? You don't want a house just as beautiful, but it must stand. It must have integrity, right? Otherwise, yeah, well, yes. And so they, all of these things are supposed to work together, right? What happens when the structural engineer doesn't speak to the architect, doesn't speak to the bricklayer, doesn't speak to the, you know what I mean, to, to, to the funds person, the funds go, go awry, the building falls down, the building is ugly, right? Right, because you always have to cost correct. So count, that's part of council. When you start jobs, hopefully in the future, what you find is that you oftentimes have to rely on another person to do their work, right? Even if you do a desk job and you just work with Excel on the car, right? Um, what you notice is that you need the IT guy, right? Because you are very specialized in your numbers, in your whatever you do, but you don't really know IT that well, right? So yeah, so I, point taken, point taken. Um, so question number two, is all counsel good counsel? I discuss five ways to test. Simple answer, no, not all counsel is good counsel. Okay. Um, and then the reasons why um, they're not good or how we can test them. Um, so we said, um, because counsel can be clouded by the person's perspective. So that's why it's not always good. So what information they have, what beliefs they have, um, values that they have in life, um, they all um, influence or cloud um, whatever counsel that they're going to give out. Mm -hmm. So depending on whether that is in alignment with the type of counsel that you need, it's, it's not always going to be good, right? Mm -hmm. So how can we test um, if the counsel that you're receiving is good? Um, Basically, as Christians, firstly, we look at the person, are they Christian or not, depending on the type of advice that you need. Um, because if you need advice, especially moral advice, um, that requires someone who knows the word, who has walked with the Lord longer than we have, um, then you might, it's wise to actually seek advice from someone who's godly um, and not from an ungodly person, right? Um, but then also, you can seek advice for someone who is not saved, who's not a Christian, because um, we don't just need, like there's certain things that are not explained or detailed in the Bible um, that we may need counsel on in life, right? So we gave a good example in business. If I'm a Christian and I have a business um, and I need to maybe purchase a company or property or something, um, I might not necessarily need someone who knows, you know, that much detail of the Bible. I may need a lawyer who might not be saved, but can actually give me um, better advice um, on how I can go about purchasing the property. Or someone who has had multiple businesses and have went through this before. Yeah. Um, we even gave the example um, of a single mother that that single mother is not saved, but she has went through that. So she does have better perspective or view of that aspect of life mm -hmm. and so they can be able to give you um, good counsel in that um, aspect. And then, yeah, which goes into our second point that you should actually look at um, the qualification of the person um, and also what you're seeking advice for. I think I already expanded on that. So if you need advice um, related to sin, I don't think you're just going to go out and ask a random lawyer 
if you need, like if they can advise you on that, unless they're safe, right? So look at what you need counsel for and look at the right people that will be better equipped and better informed in that specific area that you need advice on and go to those people. So go to people that are, let's say, specialists in that area. Um, and then look at the people's interests. So consider their interests because sometimes someone can be informed, can be equipped for that um, specific area that you seek advice in. However, their interests are either corrupt mm -hmm. or selfish. Um, and so they might give you advice based on that. Like if, if I know that, go back to the business, I don't have a business, but you know, it's a very good example. If I have a business and you need advice based on maybe purchasing stuff that would benefit my business, mm -hmm. I might give you a, a counsel on that, not necessarily because it's good, but because I'm benefiting from it. Um, or I might try to push my own agendas um, whenever I'm giving counsel or, yeah, you know, even with sin, if, if, if I'm someone who is not necessarily, who's struggling with a sin or um, who has a sin that they're struggling with, um, that's not what I wanted to say, but who is, <laughs> like, you know those sins that you just get passed by and someone comes and asks about it, instead of saying that no, the Bible clearly says that this is wrong. I may try to push my own agenda of just, no, this is not really wrong and actually like lead the person astray because I'm, you know, my own interests are already astray, right? So yeah, and then um, several advices. So the scripture that we read, um, it says without counsel, plans fail, but with many advices, they succeed, right? So, um, it, it, it can be a very good idea to seek counsel from more than one person just so that you can clear any you know errors that may be there um, because the chances of seeking advice from multiple people and then telling you one thing and, and that being wrong are a bit slim depending on who you're asking um, so if you're unsure about something or you wanna um, just affirm what the other person said, then go to another person who is still as qualified and see what they have to say about that. And then you can just kind of see how that goes, take the, the good stuff out of it. Um, and then another thing is scripture. Um, I think as Christians, we should know that, that whatever counsel that we receive, um, we should always just go back to scripture and see how does it um, play back with that. And then, lastly, reflecting. Um, Brother Lindemann made a very nice point that God gave us brains for a reason mm -hmm. so that we can use them to reflect. Um, so, yeah, reflect on the counsel that you get. All right. So, uh, it seems as if um, this idea of reflecting keeps coming back, right? And uh, I think it's important, right, in that you need to take a moment to stop everything and think, right? How many people have you seen get into loads of trouble simply because they rush into situations, it's one decision after another, but they never stop to think, right? There's a saying that says common sense is not common anymore, right? And it's not, 
right? People will rush into trouble, walk into dangerous situations, do all sorts of things, life-changing decisions, decisions that perhaps are selfish but impact other people, right? Imagine a scenario where you grew up fatherless. I say that because it's a thing, right? And then you go ahead and have kids outside of wedlock and create a situation where your child has to go through the exact same thing that hurt you, right? Can you imagine that? How many people are doing that? How many people are determined, I'm hello, high water, I'm going to have a baby? With men or no men, I'm going to have a baby, right? And then the responsibility does what? It falls on you, everything. Now it's difficult to make decisions because you are all typically all alone, right? You don't have two heads at least looking at an issue. Does it make sense? Right? So point taken. Thank you very much for that. But there's question three, ne? So now, discuss three biblical examples. If you have more, feel free. But uh, three biblical examples where plans failed because advice was not taken or sought. Let's stick to three. Let's try three and see where, where that lands <laughs> us, okay? Okay, so the first one, the classic Adam and Eve. Simple, don't eat the fruit. What did they do? They ate the fruit. Okay, they are. <laughs> um, the second one, yeah, they, they messed it up. But the second one, Samson and Delilah. Yeah, don't cut your hair. What did it do? Reveal the secret. And yeah, that's your time. Okay, okay. Yes, okay. the third one. Um, third one, um, when uh, God gave the instruction to the Canaanites, uh, to the Israelites, when they were going into Canaan, um, he said, you know, go there, eliminate everyone, also subjected to idolatry for sure. So when God said eliminate everyone? Oh, okay, okay. And they, did they take that counsel? Yeah. They did not take that counsel. Um, but do you realize how difficult a situation that is from a human perspective to say go eliminate everyone. I know it's the command of God but you realize how difficult that everyone right? But why would why do you think because oftentimes and perhaps I want to present this to you I hope it's not a sideline but when God said that how do you feel about that because there's an issue of justice there right? Everyone? Everyone? What do you guys think? Why was God um, intent on eliminating everyone. Why did God say that? One hand, two hand. We start with you, brother. So basically, I heard the first part. It said, basically, if you don't kill them, they're gonna kill you. Basically, oh, but why don't you just go over there? Then don't come here to their land. <laughs> Okay, point number one, point number one. Uh, you had your hand up just now. Yes. Ah, but you see, now you bring another issue. You could... Could you say that it was because if they don't kill you, because they, they, why were they going to that land anyway, right? But remember the base reason for that, right? 
The base reason for that was because these guys were, were evil, but God wanted to judge them. God had given them time to repent. 400 plus years, right? To repent. In fact, at some point he says, listen, the, their sin has not yet reached up to heaven. It was piling up, right? But it had not yet reached heaven. But now at the 400 plus year mark, when God created the situation such that he would use humans, the Israelites, to judge a country, basically to judge another country, right? That's why he used these human judges. And God, the Bible says, has set up those authorities, right? Why? So that humans can judge humans, right? But then there's a little bit of a conundrum there because if you cut off my arm and I cut off yours, right? Then you've paid me back in full. Now God is judging these guys. He says, eliminate everybody. How wicked were they? You see how wicked they were by the law, right? Remember going through Leviticus or Deuteronomy and God says, you Israelites are not to look like those people. You will not be homosexuals, you, right? You will not do this. Do you remember bestiality? How did people get there? 400 years, 400 plus years, right? Of God's patience, right? And then what happened? Eventually God says, okay, I've had enough. Let me go eliminate them now. Now I'm bringing judgment. Remember in the, in the, in the first book, when, uh, in the first chapter of, of, of um, Proverbs, when, it say, when wisdom says, listen, if you don't listen to me, when calamity comes and you cry out for me, I'm going to stand there and look at you and no, I'm not going to come. You remember we, we worked through that in the first week. So it's exactly that, that the Canaanites now were being judged, right, by God, but God is going to use human means because God is a God of means, right? But, but, but let's move on from that. One of the other, um, I don't know if you have it, the Rehoboam, Rehoboam, Right? Solomon's son. What happened there? Do you guys have it as an example? In your many examples? Yes, we actually have a specialized person who Oh my goodness. Okay, specialized person. Yeah, please, yeah. Please hit the mic and then do a quick mic drop. Father, my, the, my finger is thicker than my father's 
Thank you so much for that. Um, I do not want to go over that again. I hope you guys heard that. Did you, all of you hear that? Okay. Rehoboam did a good thing. He sought counsel, but he took bad counsel. He had more trust in his peers than in the older people. And the consequences of that was him losing more than half the kingdom. Right? Lost 10 tribes. Right? Um, and he only kept the, the one, particularly Judah, because God had promised it, right? Um, but I want us to move on a little bit, um, because we can elaborate on, the, on, on each one of these points, but I want us to get somewhere that hopefully get time to reflect, right? Um, Proverbs 11, uh, verse 14, for group C. Group C, spokesperson. Group C, spokesperson. Um, Proverbs 11 verse 14 it reads as follows where there is no guidance a people falls but in an abundance of counselors there is safety a group, a group C what are some reasons why there is no guidance So um, the, one of the reasons why there is no guide, how many was that? You said at least five here. Seven, okay. okay. Um, I wasn't keeping a head canon, forgive me. Yeah, so why is there no guidance? I, I, think, I think we'll move on from that one. Number two, why do people fall when there is no guidance? Why do they fall? But also, let just quickly, when it says the people or a people, what does it mean? I would propose, in one translation it says a people, in another translation it says a nation. I want us to say, when we say a people, let's break it all the way to a cell group type situation or a unit, right, which is a family. From a family to a community to a nation, to a, to a province, whatever, but to a nation and all of that. Let's include all of that. Because I want us to broaden our understanding when it says a people. Remember, these things are written by a statesman, right? Solomon was a statesman, right? And so I want you to understand the perspective does not just come from uh, uh, a statesman perspective, but it also comes all the way down. Because how does um, Proverbs begin? 
my son, my son, my son. Listen to your father's instruction. Listen to your mother's um, and guidance, right? And so I want you to understand Proverbs as a, as Brother Lelo explained in the first week, it's generalities, right? It's, it's, it's guidance, it's guidepost, right? Uh, it speaks in generalities. Just because it says one thing does not mean that it is absolute. It's giving you generalities that there is a way that can lead to somewhere. It will always lead to somewhere. But there is a way that is right. There is a way of, of the righteous. Then there's a way of the fool. There's a way of the wise. Then there's a way of the unwise, right? Of those who, who, who are um, steeped in folly, right? So a people, you can break it all the way down. In all structures, when there is no guidance, what happens? The people fall. So we made an ex- I, made, I made an example earlier about fatherlessness, right? What usually happens to a family when there's no father or mother in the home? It usually falls apart. Why? Because there's no, no one to steer. When it says guidance, it's talking about steering, right? There's no steerage to guide it somewhere, right? Which means when we become fathers and mothers one day, God willing, we must be able to steer the family in a particular way, in a particular direction, right? We must be now able to give that counsel, right? Why? Because we have that perspective to reflect. And people who are coming up, if you've ever thought about it, if you may allow me to elaborate, spokesperson, um, if you've ever thought about it, your teenage years are your self-discovery years, right? It's when you're figuring things out and your body's changing and everything's happening, right? And then in your 20s is when you start to uh, develop now in terms of fi- trying to find a footing. Some people start early, some people start late, right? Some people, you understand what I'm saying, some people finish their degrees early, some later, ne? And that's fine, <laughs> and that's fine, right? Right, did it hit home? Sorry, any man. But, but you understand what I'm saying, right? But in your 30s then, that's when you should start finding your footing, right? We're not all going to take a career route, right? And that's fine. But you should start to find your footing. In your 40s, you should be established now. Hopefully, God willing, right? Because it's different scenarios for, different, for, for everybody, right? 50s, your kids are grown. 60s, out of the house. It's your retirement years. 70s, 80s, your sunset years. 90s, if you are blessed. Anything that kills you after 90 is just a natural cause, right? But, but if you have that perspective of time, how do you think you'd walk now? I think Brother Lungel pointed this out. You'd walk, by the Bible calls it circumspectly. You'd walk cautiously. You wouldn't be reckless. Why? Because you are prudent. You are considering for things for the future, right? You are taking advice now in preparation for the future, Right? We spoke about, when we were talking about the way, people being stuck in their ways. Why? Because you build habits over time, but you don't build habits when you're just old. You build habits when you're young. So what you sow in your youth, you will, <coughs> sorry, you will reap in your old age. You understand? If you keep that perspective, that whatever you're doing now is, is a seed. You're sowing, whether it's habits, whether it's work ethic, whether it's, it's watching series all the time, it will affect things, not just for now, but in the future, right? So you want to be doing those things which invest in you positively, that drive you forward whilst having fun, right? But if you love pleasure too much, Proverbs says you will become poor, right? But anyway, question number two, why do people fall when there is no guidance?
Mm. Oh no. Okay. So if we're talking about guidance, perhaps, and correct me, raise your hand and correct me if, if, if I'm wrong, we could be talking about, say, role models, right? Some, someone who's modeling something that we can see and try to imitate. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. That's guidance, right? Yeah, follow, follow me as I follow my leader, right? Um, so we talk about role models, but have you ever noticed that there is difficulty in trying to be a role model? Because our communities, some of us don't have those, right? How do you become a role model to people without telling them? Do, do you tell people that you are trying to be a role model? <laughs> have you ever thought about that? You, you can't say, I'm try, listen, look at me, I'm trying to be a role model for you, ne? But why don't we do that? Are we not supposed to guide the younger ones in the way? Right? But are we willing to put our reputation on the line and say, listen, follow me as I follow Christ? Because it's saying something similar, right? Or the same thing, in fact. Follow me as I follow Christ. You're following Christ, I presume, right? Yeah, or you're trying to lead a way that is righteous, right? You are on that narrow way that is righteous, right? And so you should be pulling those who, who don't have that guidance behind you, saying, listen, follow me as I follow Christ. When you need counsel, because you know the Lord, you know that you have the counsel of the Lord. Follow me as I follow Christ, right? But it's kind of difficult to tell them without telling them, right? So what would you guys advise? How do we do this thing? How do we become a role model? And I'm trying to expand it beyond just we are Christians and therefore in the society now. Because we have to go back and impact people. And part of our witness is walking with people. In other words, role modeling, right? So what would you guys' advice be on how we can be role models? Brother Lunga, please rise for the occasion. Stand up. If, if you were quietly with your hands, you said, 
living a quiet life. So first, first Thessalonians 4, where it says exactly that, lead a, try and lead a quiet life, right? Work with your own hands, right? Mind your own business, it actually says, right? Mind your own business, yeah? uh, it actually says that. But now, but, but now my question is, how do we then, we can do that, yeah? quietly work with our own mind, our own business, but we need to guide people, right? It's part of discipleship, right? Because what is our mission? To make disciples of all the nations, right? Have you ever considered that discipleship is more than just teaching people the way of the Lord, but actually modeling your whole life so that some people, people will look at you? Have you ever considered it that way? If not, then please consider it that way, right? Because that is part of discipleship, so that your relationship doesn't start and end in the church. It, it affects everybody around you. Let your light so shine, right? So that they may see you and... Um, so try, basically, if I'm hearing you clearly, try to model a modelable life. It's English, guys, in man. Right? Try to model a life that someone else can look to and follow. Right? Which means your reputation or integrity. The Proverbs at some point will tell you that a, reputa a good reputation or a good name is more important than, than, than choice gold, than rubies. Right? Which means... For the man, whichever woman is going to come next to you and take your name, you need to make sure your name is protected. Your name has a good reputation, right? Do you see, you see that thing of a vision now? Now you need to, because you're going to be head of a family, right? So you need to make sure that your name, it doesn't matter what your brothers or sisters are doing with your name, but your name, as it is associated with Christ, right? Because remember, your name could perish on the earth, but... What you, what you do for God, what you live for Christ matters. That's what lasts forever, right? And so you need to have that vision. And that's why you start now to do that. Prudence, future thinking, right? Working circumspectly. Let me come to the third question before, or do you want this is on this point, brother? Okay. Basically, it's summarizing what we are saying in Scripture, right? Whatever you do, you do it all in the, in the name of the Lord, but for the Lord as well, right? Um, the third question, consider how we can ensure that we always have guidance. I hope we didn't finish your points.
So, so basic going out and seeking counsel, basically you don't, sorry? Seeking good counsel, I would hope you seek good counsel, right? <laughs> but, but you're seeking good counsel in that you are not just waiting for someone to come and counsel or disciple you, right? You go out there and say, Anele, that's me, Anele, you are an older man, you're a married man, you have kids or whatever else, could you please guide, I mean, this part of my life, could you please guide me, right, in this, right? And so you can do that with a couple of men, see what works for you. Uh, of course, some people would say, Baba busy, ne? but do you understand what I'm saying when I say you go, what she's saying, sorry, um, that you go out and you seek these things? Because some people, church people who come, sit and complain and say, ah, but in church there's no guidance, people just come and worship and then they leave and then it's the end of the story, right? But they never went and sought counsel. Remember the scriptures are saying, you need to go out and seek counsel. It's not just there readily, right? As you navigate, you need to be, why is about how you practically navigate life, right? So, what were you going to uh, please elaborate? It seems like you had another point to make. Mm. Uh, please lift your voice right. a okay. little bit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, finding time to read the Bible. So chewing on the word of God. Uh, you see, earlier, 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 I wanted you to put a thought in your mind about why would God ask to everyone to be eliminated? Why? Because I want you to think about these things, right? And not pretend that you understand everything because you've got the conscience answer, but to chew on these things. Think about these things. And what that will do for you is to get you, enlighten you in terms of understanding God. First and foremost, right? Now you understand the character of God. Now you know how to react to things, right? And that's the benefits of counsel, of, of seeking guidance and all of that. When it's based on the Bible, then you are able to discern what is good and what is evil, right? Remember Hebrews chapter 5, where it says, you guys by now ought to be teachers, right? Yes, because, and how do you get there? Through practiced discernment, practiced judging of what's good and evil right? As seen in the scriptures, you filter everything through the lens of scripture, right? But I want to ask a question. Thank you so much, Steve. You may sit down. But I want to ask a question. Is delivery of advice important? How one delivers advice? Is it important? And I want to hence why? Because advice is advice. But why is it? Why is delivery particularly important? Yes.
Mm. Mm. Okay. Does anyone else have a take? So you're basically saying similar to what I'm doing here. I'm talking, then I'm asking what do you think. <laughs> okay, okay, the point taken. Thank you for helping me, thank you. Um, I think OCC had raised a hand and then you guys, yeah. Did you guys hear that? This is kind of it's deep, so it's difficult to repeat. Okay, <laughs> sisters, right to left, yeah. That's, I think that's very key. Um, okay, the normal should, yes. the bench. So basically, um, the advice that you give must not be a, a prop advice that is between you two. It must be advice that is in front of you two. Basically, what, what Brother Benji is, say, is saying, right, that you have a Bible in hand that judges you and judges the next person, right? But now you're giving guidance, right? And also don't project your own things into it. You listen. But how do you listen? You suss out by uh, the details by asking questions. Right? You listen carefully and then you suss it out. You, you, you draw out the, 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 the motives, the, the, all the feelings and all that. Because so, some people just want to be heard, right? Yeah, but before you can advise, um, what do you need to do? You ask questions to get clarity, to understand, 
because you'll be acting foolishly if you just rush in with your lips without understanding, you say something without understanding fully what is going on. Because some people will tell you their side of the story. Like there's an adage that says there's a, your side of the story, the other person's side of the story, then there's the truth mm-hmm. yeah, of what actually happened, right? Because as, as, as I think group one was saying, our perspective is sometimes limited, right? And we didn't see everything that was in, we misjudged people and their intentions and all of that, right? Shall we land the plane here? I think we've said a lot. Um, let, let, let's let the plane here. Um, does anyone have any concluding remarks or any thought they wanted to say that they didn't get to say? Cool, but you, you understand as well that you yeah, also oh, no, no, go ahead. <laughs> all right. But you, all right, you, you understand as well that advice can be difficult to take because oftentimes, again, you need to reflect on your own actions or the way you're living the, the, your life, right? And it becomes very difficult to take. But as Christians, we are people who have convictions or who are convicted of a particular way, right? Paul says, Whatever you're convicted of. Be fully convinced of it. Don't be a doubtful person. It makes prayer difficult, right? Don't be a doubtful person. Don't be a double-minded person. Be fully convinced of that. Why? Because you're convinced of it unto the Lord. If you don't eat meat, that is fine, right? No one else can condemn you. Why? Because you're not eating meat for the, hopefully, for the sake of the Lord, right? If you're doing it for the Lord, no one else can condemn you. Proverbs will tell you no, con- no there's no condemnation Proverbs, I may be wrong there, but there's no condemnation for those who are, that's not Proverbs, there's no condemnation for those who are not in Christ, sorry about that, (laughs) right? Right? But basically, don't condemn yourself by what you approve, right? Which is what what Brother Benji was saying, that it must be in front of you, it must be from the Bible, it's objective, right? And so, the advice is very difficult to take sometimes, but as with anything, you eat the meat, you spit out the bones, right? Take what is good, spit out the bones. Brother Benji.
me specifically or the group? The group. What do you guys think? Yeah. Yeah, Brother Lumi. And I think to add to that, don't forget the biblical worldview is based on worldly things, right? It is, God speaks of a day because we can all relate to a day, right? So it's based on earthly things. And so we know, but we know that it is wisdom from God, right? Um, which is good for, the Bible says, faith comes by what? To begin with, by the word of God, by the hearing of the word of God, right? Um, let me just take you first, brother, and then to Chaba. <laughs> basically don't judge unrighteously don't be doing the thing that you are calling out on somebody else remember the, the, um, the, 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 the example Christ gives before you go pick out something in your brother's eye, ne? remove the beam on your own eye, right? Okay, so basically what Brother Sabelo is saying is that it is useful to use the Bible to lead someone in, in the correct way, right? Even if they don't believe in that, right? How subtle you are, how overt you are about that is up to your discretion based on the situation that you are facing, right? But what he's saying is that don't leave it at condemnation. Offer a way out. Offer wisdom. Offer guidance. Offer counsel, right? In other words, don't wound without the bandage, right? Provide wound because it will hurt, right? But provide the bandage as well. Don't be a people who condemn basically, right? Shall we land it here? Or does anyone let's land it here? Let's land it here. Um, thank you so much for coming. It has been a blessed time. Um, I hope that you guys are edified. Um, shall we pray? And give thanks to the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you Dear Father, that we get to come together to share our thoughts, to share our perspectives. To um, um, we thank you that you uh, you are in our thoughts, dear Father. That we even get the privilege to get to know you, because we were people who lived in darkness, but now we are the people of God, and we are thankful and grateful, dear Lord. May we be the things that we talk about tonight, 
and not sit back and expect other people to, uh, um, to do the labor without us lifting a finger. I pray that you may um, bless the brothers and sisters in this room, dear Lord, and those who will be hearing this um, afterwards. May you bless their, um, their hearing and their heeding of these things, dear Lord. May it offer guidance in their lives and clarity in certain situations and how to approach things. Um, we pray, dear Lord, um, that your name might be exalted in the hearts of your people, that they may exalt you um, uh, first and foremost in their hearts um, and keep you forever and your word forever before them until um, the sun, their sunset years. We thank you that you have, you have brought us to, um, uh, to, to the foot of your throne, dear Lord. We think that we can even come to the foot of your throne um, through your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for the guidance, dear Lord. May we be a community who, of people who lead others who are coming up behind us as we are led, dear Lord, as um, those people who lead us and as we lead people um, based on us following you, dear Father. We thank you for all of these things. We thank you for your grace. And may you keep the brothers and sisters as they go to their places of rest. May you offer them travel mercies, dear Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.